The first of today's two readings is from the end of the book of Matthew. It's headed The Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. And the second reading is from the book of Luke. First part is from chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. Jesus sends out the 72 After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now turning to verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son who chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The word of the Lord. John. It's not working very well, is it? Thank you, Jack. Our next hymn is one which uh, may not be familiar to you in terms of the words, but hopefully the tune will be. Uh, it felt a little bit like the kind of song you sing at the end of the service, a sending out, a let's go and do this. Um, but actually, I felt that it, it fit in really well with the reading that we've just heard, that, that calling from Jesus to go out into all the world and to preach God's good news. So please stand as you're able again as we sing, go to all the world. 
go into all the earth. Take a seat. Thank you. I'm going to invite Paul up now to share his reflections on those passages and this theme of missions. Let's pray for, for Paul as he comes to speak to us. Father, we thank you for Paul and for his life with you. We thank you, God, for what you have revealed to him, the mysteries of the faith. We thank you, God, for what you've spoken to him to share with us this morning. We pray, God, that your spirit would be a walk in our lives as he speaks, that you would speak to each of us through what's shared, through our thoughts, that that would turn into action, that we would leave here changed and renewed. Amen. Thank you very much, Jonathan. That might work. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it will. The sacred clicker. To see that it works. Good morning. It's good to, to be with you. Um, as uh, was hinted, I've been involved with Camwell for quite a while, and all I want to say is it's not my fault. Uh, whatever it, you know, you're not happy with. It wasn't me. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure whether quite what I'm going to say this morning, uh, in a sense, has already been said in the hymns, uh, which is 
a little bit daunting for preachers. Um, I don't know about you, but um, over many years I've heard this particular passage preached on. Uh, and when the clicker works, you'll begin to see a bit more. <laughs> um, and in a sense, the, 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 the emphasis has nearly always been on this issue of go. And so it's been a great sort of missionary thing. You know, this is, this is where you get a missionary comes and they tell you to go, to leave where you are and go to some usually far distant place in order to share the good news. And that's fair enough. I mean, that is one way of understanding this and it, it works perfectly well. But I'm not totally sure of that um, because a little while ago, somebody pointed out, someone who knows the Bible rather better than me, pointed out some interesting things in particularly the Matthew passage of go make disciples. Okay, now, how many commands are in that, would you say? Well, I, I would have said two at least. Yes, of course. Well, you're wrong. Because there, there is no go as a command. In fact, what it actually is saying is, as you go, make disciples. Now, that sort of changes the emphasis, doesn't it? We're not talking about somewhere over there. We're talking about here, when it comes down to what we're supposed to be doing. So, I want to ask some questions of this passage, to, or these two passages today, and hopefully it will help us a bit better. So, the first question to ask is, well, where is our place of mission? Where is it? And the answer is, it's, it's not over there, it's not far off, it's here, very, very clearly here. We are, as we go, as we engage with people, as we are involved with people, that's where we make disciples. So it's here and now we do it, tomorrow it will be wherever we are, tomorrow we do it, and in a few days' time, wherever we are then, that place will be the place where we go, where we are at. Ah, oh, we seem to be getting something, this is wonderful. There we go. Yes, it's working. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I've rushed on a bit, so here we are. We'll move on <laughs> a bit further quickly now. Where, the first question, where is our place of mission? And it is, it's as we go. It's wherever we are and... Oops. That's gone too far. Hang on. Ah, oh, there we go. So that where is simply where we are now. And that's an important thing to hold on to. This is not something for specialists' mission. This is not something for the particularly keen. This is not something for the people on the council or the people who come and work with the youngsters or whatever. It is wherever any of us are, we're engaging in mission. And so the next question is, okay, what is it that God is calling each of us to do then as we are on our way? In effect, what Luke says is it's we're called to be people who harvest whatever is there in the first place. That means something's already happened, doesn't it? You don't harvest unless something's been sowed. So something must have been going on beforehand. That's, that's part of mission, is the sowing of seeds. But particularly, I think, what Luke is keen to point out is that if you're going out to share the good news, the Spirit's already there. You're not going on your own in that sense. You're not uh, being called to some strange alien place where there is nothing you can do. It's already happening, as it were. God has already prepared some of the things that need to be there. And that's then where we get the command of make disciples. 
That's what we are called to do. And that means an awful lot more than just getting people to come to church, I'm afraid, <laughs> since we're here in church at the moment. It's actually about, well, it's about baptising them. That's one of the things that, that Jesus said. And what that is doing is marking people out as being part of a new community, part of a new body, which together is showing the good news and is living out the joy and the love and the goodness of it. And it's baptism in the name of the, of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's an engagement with the richness of God out of which our mission comes. It's an engagement with the depths of God out of which our mission comes. I'm going to say a bit more about that a bit later on. So it's baptising and it's helping teaching us to be people who are fully engaged with the the life, the words of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? Well, in, in summary, look through the scriptures and you'll find it means things like the Sermon on the Mount. It means things about Jesus saying that he'd come not to, uh, not to be served, but to serve. It's to do with the way of life that is the way of the spirit, the, of purity and of joy. As one preacher put it, it's about living, God, in, living in God's world, God's way. But it's rich, this way of living. It's full, this way of living. It's not aggressive. It's not fun stopping. It's not attempting to mould people into some uniform pattern. It's about releasing in people what God has called them to be. And there will always be a richness and a variety and a beauty and a harmony and a messiness about that, to be perfectly honest. And that's why you've got a mess out there at the moment with all the building going on. Because that's part of what it's about, being followers of Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that the clicker doesn't seem to be working because <laughs> it hasn't gone through all the other things. But the question perhaps we need to ask ourselves here is, okay, what's my role in all of that? Where do I fit in with that make disciples? Because we do. And it may be in a sowing, it may be in a reaping, it may be... But the point is, there is something for us all to do moved by God's Spirit. And then the third, and this is perhaps in some senses the most important question. Could you move it on a bit for me? Because the clicker... Oh, there we go, it suddenly did it. So, but uh, the third question is, OK, who am I going to do this with? And could you move it on again for me? Because it's, it's not doing it at the moment. Jesus said that he is with us to the end of the age. He said, go and I am with you. And at Pentecost, that was made concrete and real through the gift of the Spirit, linking us with the life of Jesus and the life of the Trinity, with the Spirit dwelling in us, actually activating the life of God within us. So Jesus is the one who is with us. He gives us the spirit to empower us. His presence is there with us to encourage and to help. And actually, if you look into the passage that we read from Luke, I think there's some very interesting words there because in verses uh, uh, 20, well, 21, 22, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows who the son is except the father and no one knows who the father is except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. That's talking about what is at the heart of the Christian faith, which is each human being 
can have a living relationship with God. That we are enabled to know the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a relationship, a living day by day with God in our lives. And it's that which really both sustains our mission but also makes it authentic, makes it real. Because it's no good saying God words unless we show God life, okay? It's no good telling about the God of love unless we show love. It's no good about proclaiming forgiveness unless we can forgive. You see what I'm driving at? And in the end of the day, we make disciples, in a sense, by being disciples, by ourselves following out the the, the wonder of what it is to be forgiven and, and the joy of what it is to share in, in God's people and the astonishing privilege it is to tell other people about that, that great gift that we're given in Jesus Christ. It's in our relationship with God that we will find our ability and the impetus to share the good news. Now, this is the point where most sermons will stop, all right? And you will sit there and you will say, well, that's all very well, but how am I supposed to do any of that? Okay, well, I'm going to give you a couple of hints, all right? Um, The first is, well, I don't know about you, I get easily distracted from all, you know, all sorts of things. I'm just one of those people. I'm sort of, I'm, you know, burble around and do this thing and then that thing and then the other. I can get easily distracted, easily distracted from God. And I find, and I suspect this is the same with you, I need to help to focus my attention on him. I need help to remind me of, of what he's done and, and who he is and what he wants of me. And here at this table, we have such a reminder, don't we? The communion is a powerful way of reminding us God is real and we can be in touch with him. Literally in touch, as it were, as we take and eat and drink It's not just words that we've been given by God because God knows words are not enough. He knows we need action sometimes. He knows we need to touch things and taste things so we remember because he knows above all we're very forgetful people. And that's at the heart of it and simply what the Lord's Supper is about is to remind us that we are people who stand in a tradition that goes back 2,000 years And that we stand not simply in a tradition, but we stand with Christ who broke the bread and poured out the wine. And as he did it, so we do it. In a sense, we go back through the ages hand on hand and hold his hand as we take communion and as we remember him. I heard a tremendous story this morning, I hope it's true, about, you know, the moon landings and all that? Buzz Aldrin, uh, one of the people who landed on the moon, uh, was a Presbyterian elder. And he took bread and wine with him to the moon. And the first things eaten on the moon was the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. I think that's pretty profound, really. I'll have to think a bit more about that one. But the point is, this is a, do not come to this table thinking this is just a ritual or just something we do. This is meant to feed us in our innermost beings with an assurance of God's love and care and presence with us. The second thing I want to do, can you move the slides on for me um, through the next one? So we won't bother about it. Just keep, keep going through it and keep going through it again and through the next one and through the next one and through, the, through that one as well. Keep going through that one. 
This is the one I want to show you, okay? This is something which I've discovered is a helpful way of simply focusing my attention day by day on God, because I'm, I'm not very good at it. It's called a review of the day. It was developed in the 17th century by Ignatius of Loyola. So that's good and ecumenical, all right? And essentially all it is is a simple way uh, of focusing my attention on what God has been doing in my day. Classically, it's you, what you do is every lunchtime and then in the evening you take 15 minutes and you simply run through this particular process so that uh, I come before the Lord who looks on me with love. That's very important to put that in your head straight away. God looks on us every day in love, okay? And then I ask to see the most important days of, moments of the day and then in our imagination, we let that day run, you know, a bit like a film maybe, you know, or a video. Let it run through what's happened. But particularly, uh, where have I felt most joy? Where have I been loving or been loved? Where have I felt faith, hope or peace? Or just felt most alive? For what moment today am I most grateful? So you look to see where God's been at, at work. And then... The other side of it, where were the moments of sadness, of bitterness, of feeling lost? Where were the moments of unfreeness, dishonesty, fearful and so on? What am I least grateful for? And then the good things we give thanks to God for. And the other things we ask forgiveness or we seek healing for. But what we're doing is reminding ourselves God is with us in the intimate, practical, realistic things of life. That's what's happening. You don't have to do it every day. Well, I would, it's a good idea to do it every day. Uh, you don't have to do it twice a day. Once a day is often good enough in the evening. And what I often say to, to Christian folk who are thinking of doing this, for the first week or two, just go up to the bit that says, which moment am I most grateful for? And the reason I say that is I've discovered that most Christian people are usually really, really, really more likely to remember the bad things about their day than the good things about the day. Uh, we tend to focus on the negative. So don't do that for a couple of weeks, all right? You've got permission. I don't think Ignatius would mind. You've got permission just to do it for a couple of weeks. Just go into that first bit. And it will be a good idea. Note down what moments come to you as well so that you can see as you look back, what's God been doing in my day? And in that way, we can be helped to discover and renew our relationship with God our discipleship, our following of Christ. And out of that, we're going to be able authentically to say, I know this person and he's worth knowing. I have been changed by God. You can be changed too. My life has been transformed by God because I've been looking at it over these last weeks. Yours can be transformed too. This is the way I think profoundly in which our mission becomes what we can do day by day. Can you move the slide on one more, please? Because this is a prayer. I'd like us just to conclude this part of our service with this prayer because I think it helps just to focus things. And by the way, if anybody wants to use that, uh, I've got a few copies of that, uh, 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 of the review. And if you really want to use it, you can have one. If you're just thinking, no, you'll have to get your own off the screen. But if you really want to use it, I'll let you have one. So should we just be, just think for just a moment where it's here, what we're being called to is to be harvesters, to share the good news that's already been prepared and with whom it's with Jesus, through the Spirit who's with us. 
So let's offer this prayer to God that we might be people who can walk with him more closely. So together we say, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, we want to come alongside your son, Jesus. We want to know his ways and know him as our saviour and pattern for life. We wish to be witnesses for him wherever we may be. Please grant us a renewed experience of your love in your Holy Spirit. We seek humility and gentleness of heart so that we may glorify you, one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, in all we say, do and are, now and always. Amen.